The following is a paid podcast from Prudential. Welcome to Wealth Wits, a podcast about money made exactly for you. I'm Faith Saley. So, you're a vigilant stockpiler, and you're in your 50s. I've learned a lot lately about what it's like to be a vigilant stockpiler in your 50s, and I'm here to share that information with you. Let's start with the stockpiler part. I went out and asked some vigilant stockpilers about their finances. Here's what they had to say about money. I feel more prepared when I have more money. I think if I had more money, I'd be less stressed. I have no debt. I've never had any debt. So I've always been very responsible of making sure that that was taken care of. I am feeling worried about money, but also I feel like the worrying is almost like a muscle. Okay, so what did I learn about your financial behavior type? You love watching your bank balance grow. You find comfort in knowing that your expenses are covered. It feels safe to know exactly how much you have. I met one vigilant stockpiler who had developed an incredibly thorough system for managing her money. I am in awe of her. Here's Denise. My name is Denise. My budgeting system is a very intricate, almost psycho system of envelopes filled with cash. Each envelope is marked for something that I either want or need to save money for and I will dole out to these really dog-eared envelopes. This is my way of, I guess, calming myself down and realizing, you know, I have enough. It took a while to um, allow myself to let go. I have learned, it has taken some time, but yeah, let go of some of the cash, buy some things, and, and it will come back. I had never heard of anyone managing money the way that Denise does, but it makes sense for her, especially because it helps her manage her anxiety around her finances. Well, you may not exhibit the same behavior as Denise, you are both vigilant stockpilers. I was curious what a financial expert would say about her money management system, or a psychologist. So I turned to a financial psychologist, Dr. Brad Klontz. Let's talk about Denise. She seems pretty sanguine about the way her system works for her. So what advice would you have for her? I actually love the envelope approach for several reasons. Like, number one, it's, it's a great budgeting approach. Number two, it's so tactile. You're actually touching money. You're putting it in envelopes. That actually generates feelings of euphoria. So when Denise talks about that, I'm reminded of all the research that's been done where when you're touching cash you feel happier, Mm. you feel stronger, and you actually feel more resistant to pain. And the great thing about that approach too is it's, you can actually see that pile diminish as you're spending. You pretty much approve of of Denise's approach to money. It seems to be working for her. Do you have any advice, anything you'd suggest for her? You know, I think Denise might have some risks because, you know, her her passion for the system is, is, um, it's it's a powerful passion. It's a system that's been working. Um, You know, I wonder what, what would happen um, if she was to hate to bring up this subject, but if she got into a relationship mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, relationships, that's where we actually have the, the biggest struggle around money. It's also one of the most um, powerful opportunities for you to actually examine your relationship with money. 
Uh, because unless she found someone who did it exactly the way she did, there's probably going to be some tension into how do we do money together as a, as a household. What are the benefits or opportunities of falling into this behavior type? Well, the benefits to being um, very vigilant is that anxiety around money leads you to be quite prudent. There's a lot of benefit to having some anxiety about the future. Um, you know, it, it's the squirrel who knows that winter's coming and there's not going to be a lot of nuts that um, collects them and saves them. And so if you don't have some sort of anxiety around not having enough in the future, you're very unlikely to save. So it does inspire saving. Yeah, and we keep hearing about the importance of having, you know, an emergency fund. So a vigilant stockpiler, you know, he or she is ready for that emergency. Right, and so they're anticipating it. They realize it might happen. How can a vigilant stockpiler create a healthy financial process? Well, I think part of it is that recognizing that this intense anxiety have, you have about money, it makes total absolute sense. Uh, because there is something that's happened in your past or your parents' past or grandparents' past that has hardwired this in your brain. You know, it, it brings to mind um, that classic Dickens character, Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, and not to say that they're bitter and angry <laughs> individuals, but there's so much anxiety about not having enough. Um, and actually the first book I wrote was The Financial Wisdom of Ebenezer Scrooge. And there's enough information in the story that we realized that he grew up very poor, he had intense anxiety about not having enough money, and he became in essence a money hoarder. But let's remember at the end of A Christmas Carol, it's a happy ending, right? Even Ebenezer Scrooge can have a change of heart. That's absolutely correct. You're, it's never too late to change. Thank you so much for talking with us. It was, it was really a pleasure. You're very welcome. Thank you for um, giving me the opportunity. My conversation with Dr. Klontz got me really interested in the idea of financial psychology. What does financial wellness mean for a vigilant stockpiler? To answer this question, I turned to another financial therapist, Amanda Clayman. Here's what she told me. This is a, a financial behavior that is all about trying to feel safe by holding on. Among your clients who fall into the vigilant stockpiler type, what kinds of financial behaviors do you see them engaging in? There's often a, a preoccupation with the future. If I just do all of these things now um, to save, I can defer and defer and defer. And I always think of this, by the way, when I look at how many miles that I've collected on my airlines, like... You know, I might have 500,000 miles on on one airline and I'm, I'm, it's always someday in the future I'm going to buy business, you know, I'm going to use it for business class tickets for my entire family to go on safari. But, but when am I ever going to do that? Yeah, money needs a direction. So if we're, we're saving, we have to think about what we are saving for. Okay, so let's recap what we've heard. First, don't forget to indulge. You're great about saving money for the long term. Now you also need to make sure you're using your money for the present. Maybe make a point of doing something nice for yourself once a week. That's what your money's for. Or if it feels more comfortable to you, create a slush fund for yourself. A savings account only for fun. Use it for that vacation you've been meaning to take or that new TV you've been wanting. And remember, money needs a direction. Keep in mind what it is exactly you're saving for. Setting goals will help make your saving purposeful. So that's what it means to manage money as a vigilant stockpiler. 
But to get the full picture of your financial situation, we also have to think about your current stage of life. What's unique about being in your 50s? What might be some of the challenges in front of you? And what about the opportunities? I talked to some folks in their 50s, too. I wanted to know what was on their mind when it came to their finances. And here's what I heard. My personal finances have changed dramatically. So when I was 50, I got a divorce. What I worry about when it comes to personal finance is a crisis taking place and the money not being there. I know a little bit about handling other people's money and I've kind of followed some certain rules about it, so I feel like I'm in a good place. With the 50s comes a renewed perspective. It's the time to consider a few big decisions. Will you retire or do you have other plans for yourself? What do you want your legacy to be? And how will money be a factor? I heard from one woman who said that now that she's in her 50s, she has a new priority, taking care of herself. This is Carmen. I should have been more careful about money because, you know, I tend to spend money and not for foolish things, but for my kid and my grandson. I think like when I feel good inside and I have helped somebody, then I invested very smartly, I think. And then I'm just realizing that I'm getting to the age of, hey, listen, who's going to help me, <laughs> right? I don't want to depend on my child. I've always been independent. I want to take care of myself. I feel like it's my retirement and it's now my time. So here I turn back to the experts. The 50s is an important time when it comes to our finances. What should 50-somethings keep in mind? Here's Dr. Brad Klontz again. What are the financial opportunities for people in their 50s? Well, you know, it, 50 is not too late to actually um, start saving aggressively and creating a, a good retirement. And I've worked with many individuals um, who've been able to do that in the course of seven or 10 years, really make up a lot of lost ground. You know, all hope is not gone. Let's talk about Carmen. What a sweet lady. What advice would you have for Carmen? Well, you know, my advice for Carmen is that, yes, it is your time. And you need to be the charity that you are contributing to. And it sounds mm -hmm. like Carmen has a real big heart. And, you know, she feels great about her gifting over the years. And at the same time, she neglected to give gift to the most important person in that dynamic, which is herself. Mm -hmm. We have to take care of ourselves also. What do you say to 50-somethings who may find themselves financially squeezed because they're preparing for retirement and they're supporting an aging parent and maybe a young adult child? Right. Well, that's the full catastrophe of life. And it's something that, you know, we're all facing. And so for those individuals, it's really taking a hard look at, you know, your spending plan. And I really like the idea of a spending plan versus a budget because I don't know about you, but... Um, as soon as I start thinking about a diet, I start craving cheeseburgers. Exactly. And I think that's what happens with a budget. What I encourage people to do is, is to start with a spending plan and, and really think about what matters most to you, what are your, your top priorities, and find ways to fund that first. And then it's a lot easier to make decisions on cutting things that don't matter to you. What are the big decisions that 50-somethings face when it comes to money? Well, I think one of the priorities that, that hits people is this concept of retirement. To really get excited about retirement, 
you have to create a vision for what that actually is going to look like. So what would you be doing when you would be retiring? Who would you be with? Right. What's your fruity cocktail of choice? Exactly. Okay. In general, what would be your number one piece of advice that you have for 50-somethings among us? The number one piece of advice I have is examine your relationship with money. If you've hit some economic hard times, um, which happens to most of us, if you're experiencing financial stress, which is the biggest stressor in most of our lives, you're not alone. And the mistakes you've made around money are not because you're crazy, lazy, or stupid. It's because you have money scripts that were passed down to you from your parents, from your grandparents. Sometimes these go back generations. And I think that's really the key to writing a new story, a new financial story for you. Dr. Brad Klontz, that was like a money hug. I listen really closely to Dr. Klontz's advice because I'm going to be in my 50s in not too long. My biggest takeaways? First, I'm going to really think about retirement. I'm putting away money for it, of course, but also imagining it. Where am I going to build my beach house? What island do I want to be on? I know that for me, and probably for you too, it's going to be a lot easier to get excited about retirement if I can picture all the fun I'm going to have. Second, I'm going to make a spending plan. Not a budget, a spending plan. And it's going to reflect my priorities, what I most want to do, so I can be excited to spend money on the life I want. Last, I'm going to examine my relationship with money and think about the money scripts I've inherited from my family and that I might be passing on. And I'm going to forgive myself for any mistakes I made. And you should too. Because if you've made mistakes or been out of balance with your financial choices, there's no shame in it. Every financial expert stresses that it's never too late. Ah, You can make meaningful changes starting today. So whatever you do or however you feel about money, no matter what age you are or behavior type you fall into, it's okay. You just need to be aware of the kind of person you are when it comes to your finances so you can grow. And more importantly, be happy. That's all for this episode of Wealth Wits. Special thanks to our guests, Dr. Brad Klontz and Amanda Clayman. And special thanks to Denise and Carmen for sharing their stories. If you want to learn about money matters at other stages of life, or if you're curious about other financial behavior types, check out slate.com slash explorewealthwits. You can also subscribe to the entire series wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, why not let people know by leaving us a good review? I'm Faith Saley. Thanks so much for joining us.